Hello, and welcome to Red Carded. I'm your host, Justin Fitzpatrick, and uh, this is our first episode. So welcome, if you're new here, which everyone should be. Drop a follow, uh, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So let's get on to it. We have plenty of Euro knockout round to discuss. All right, so hope you guys are all having a great day. Uh, this is the first episode, so... You know, we're going to this together. There'll be twists and turns, but let's get right into it. So, what we're going to talk about to start this off is obviously this weekend, the weekend of June 25th, 26th, and 27th. We have interesting transfer rumors, transfer details, uh, courtesy of Fabrizio Romano. And uh, we have the first uh, first couple games of knockout football in the 2020 Euros. So let's start with, obviously, the first. Wales versus Denmark. Not going to lie to you guys, I am, uh, I'm a Wales fan. So this was very disappointing to watch and had me very riled up. I was very angry with how we performed, but... Denmark just played their hearts out. Denmark really showed why they're, why they're ranked 10th in the world right now. Uh, and obviously, you know, it's been tough for them with Christian Eriksen out. But I think, if anything, that's motivated them at this point. Um, they just played fantastic football. Uh, and there's there's not much Wales did to, to try and even stop them. Uh, you know, I really thought Wales could go far in... Uh, this Euro, obviously, I am indeed biased, but you know, I thought that they had what it took to really compete. As we know, the uh, the 2016 run was beautiful um, until they lost to Portugal, and I thought we could maybe have a repeat, but we didn't. All right, and uh, that's okay. You know, I think Denmark could really be even though I wouldn't necessarily say they're underdogs, like I said, ranked number 10th in the world, but no one really expected them to even get out of the group stage after that, uh, you know, horrific incident uh, in the, their first game. And uh, just prayers up to Christian Eriksen and his family and friends and, and his teammates as well. I'm so happy to hear that he's actually recovering very well. And hopefully I'll see him on the pitch soon. Um, he's a, he's a fantastic player and, uh, you know, he really deserves to be out there. But this Denmark team showed they're strong. It's not just a team of, of one individual. Like, you know, many of these teams, they have that one really good player and then the rest of the team isn't on that level. But Denmark or as a whole are just a very powerful team that everyone kind of contributes very well. Um, and that's why they won. Uh, my man of the match. We'll be doing a man of the match for each each game. Uh, my man of the match is, I mean, it's quite obvious, Casper Dolberg. Uh, we can start on that that fantastic, beautiful goal that he scored in the 27th minute. Uh, up until that point, Wales had actually, believe it or not, if you weren't watching, been dominating that game. I know it finished 4-0, but Wales had, had really been controlling the game, pressing Denmark, and it on a few chances, it looked like they might get a score. Gareth Bale had a pretty excellent shot that just curved outwards from the post. 
But to be honest, they didn't really make Casper Schmeichel do much work that game. He didn't he didn't really have to do much, if anything. Uh, but Casper Dolberg, man, oh man, he made Danny Ward look like a not great goalkeeper. And some people may say, you know, I mean, he's back up at Leicester, but so far, D- Danny Ward has been spectacular in the, I mean, so far they're, they're out, but he's been fantastic uh, in the group stage. And uh, I, I don't know if I'd really say he's the, to blame for this loss. A lot of things went wrong, but that's just how it went. Um, but that, that, the just curl to get that in the bottom right corner from Casper Dolberg outside of the left side of the box. Oh, it was beautiful. Um, as you know, if you listen to the introduction, I'm a Liverpool fan. We saw two Liverpool players appear in this game, one being Nico Williams. Uh, a less than optimal uh, performance from him. He gave away uh, the second goal, which to to going two 0 down kind of uh, kind of sealed it. It was over then. Wales were you could tell they weren't going to get back in the game. Look, I'll be honest. I watched this game, and it was a bad mistake by Nico Williams, but Den- Denmark capitalized on every mistake Wales made perfectly. They they didn't let chances go to waste. Um, I am gonna make make a comment. I did I did think the refereeing was rather atrocious. Uh, the the missed calls on Kiefer Moore, the yellow card on Kiefer Moore, that would have had him uh, suspended if they had made it to the next the next uh, round, which they, they obviously did not, as we know. But but what, I, what I've been saying is, it, even though the ref was awful, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Denmark just were the stronger team. Wales were not in it. And at the end of the day, that's what it came to. Uh, whether the ref was good or not, I, I don't think Wales were going to advance this game. And it's a shame. Uh, and I hope we haven't seen Gareth Bale in a, a Welsh jersey for the last time. But uh, we will see. We will see on that. Moving on, and I'll, I'll talk about uh, Denmark's next, how they're going to do next round when I get to who they're going to face next round, which we will get to from the first Sunday fixture. But the next game we're going to talk about is Italy versus Austria. Wow, this was a uh, this was a game. This was really this was I mean maybe not the most interesting game in terms of people who just like to see goals, balls in the back of the net. That, that, that wasn't what this was, at least not until extra time. But, man, they put on... Austria definitely put on a performance here. Uh, Italy, I think, are massively underrated, especially going on to this, into this um, competition. That may sound like a surprise to people. <clears throat> Italy being underrated. What is that? Um, but if, if we're being honest, I, I, think they, I think they are underrated going into this competition because people were talking about Belgium, Portugal... Germany, France, uh, even Turkey. Uh, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have said people were really talking about what Italy could do. And in group stage, they showed it. They didn't concede one goal. And they just dominated every team. Uh, Wales, obviously, they won 1-0. But that was their mostly substitutes. Um, mostly their second team, as they were resting their first team. And overall... They did not dominate this game. Uh, if you watched it, Italy was the team who looked like scoring the first half. Austria was the team who looked like scoring the second half. Um, Austria, phenomenal performance. But uh, yeah, it was a stalemate. 
went to extra time. Italy netted two goals in the first uh, half of extra time. Uh, for starters, I just want to say Chiesa, excellent control, get that ball down, get it in the back of the net. Not much uh, Austria could have done about that. It was just fantastic. And then uh, Piscina scoring that second goal, I feel like Austria left themselves a bit open in the back, especially you know with the worry of, oh, we're, we're down 2 nil. It's extra time. We need we need to do something quickly, obviously bringing guys up. I mean, you need to do that because you, you're not going to win if you don't score 1-0 down. But yeah, they let Piscina score, and uh, it looked like they were out of it. But then in uh, the 117th minute of this game, three minutes out from the final whistle, just a, a stunning header across right to the front of the post in the back of the net. I, I, I was really... My, my mouth, my jaw was just hanging open uh, from that header. I mean, just absolutely beautiful uh, by Sasa Kaladizis. I cannot pronounce his last name. I'm sorry, but wow. Uh, if you haven't already seen it, I suggest watching that header because that was just sheer class right there. But uh, yeah, Italy move on. And uh, I don't believe we know who they'll face yet. I could be wrong in that. I don't. I don't think we. I don't think we know who they face yet. Um, oh no, we do. Okay, yeah, I don't know. No, so that Italy are gonna face Belgium. Wow, that's gonna be a matchup. Uh, honestly, probably my, probably my two, like strongest teams would be my pick. They would be my two strongest teams left in this tournament. Germany and England uh, could definitely also make a case there. Maybe some other teams. A little bit of dark horse action, but. Honestly, those two teams are are powerful. Um, right now, my pick would be uh, Belgium, but you know De Bruyne he suffered a uh, he suffered a ankle injury, came off in uh, in the game versus Portugal today, and uh, I wonder if he'll be there Friday. If he's not there Friday, I might switch my pick to Italy because Italy are just working as a group and just like I said, they're just powerhousing other teams with sheer, sheer class and skill and just offensive firepower. They just keep booming the ball in the box, and eventually it's going to be in the back of the net. And it's it's very hard to defend against them. Uh, very strong team. Anyways, let's move on to Netherlands versus Czech Republic. Um, wow. First, I want to give a round of applause to Patrick Schick. This man has really made a name for himself in this tournament so far. And I know some people will who know Patrick Schick well will comment on that saying, well, he already he, people already knew him, all right. For the for the casual fans, uh, Patrick Schick is making a name for himself, and I actually wonder if that, you know, could attract interest for some for some big clubs around the world, um, because you know he had the two goals in against Scotland in the group stage. He had two goals again today versus the Netherlands. Uh, Scotland's one one thing, but to do that against the Netherlands, you know. Impressive, very impressive. He's he's really a great finisher, and uh, I really like what I've seen from him from this tournament so far. The question with the Czech Republics is: Are they pretenders or contenders? You know, they didn't they didn't face anyone too hard in the first round. England is arguably a hard opponent, but you know they they are very uh, they they're still working things out. You know, uh, I don't know what their outcome will be yet and how they'll face Germany, but what you're looking at right now is a group of really talented individuals. And the question won't be, do they have a very good group of talented individuals? It'd be, can those individuals work together to make a powerhouse team? 
that'll be the real question. We'll see how England do that if they do that. Um, but I really think you know Czech Republic or that underdog, that dark horse that we were looking for in Turkey. Well, it wasn't Turkey. They didn't score until the final game, and they they netted no points. I think it might be Czech Republic. I think Czech Republic could be the ones to watch. Now saying that, you know, watch them get eliminated next week, but definitely keep on the lookout for that. Uh, But, I mean, I could definitely see Patrick Schick transfer rumors heating up. Really, really great performances. And, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but if he wins the golden boot, some things could definitely happen. Uh, And now we're going to move on to Belgium versus Portugal. Oh my goodness. Uh, I I bet no one expected Portugal to be out this early. Probably didn't help that they were part of the group of death and then faced the number one ranked team in the world, Belgium. But uh, really, I think Belgium did an excellent job of staying solid at the back. Uh, towards the end of the game, it got a little, like, a little sloppy-ish, but for the most part, Belgium just stayed controlling that game from the back uh thorgan hazard oh my goodness that was probably my favorite goal from the tournament so far maybe shakiri's could is definitely up there too uh i know people recite patrick schick's uh amazing uh half the field wonder goal and i liked that but just thorgan hazard if you look at the the angle from right behind him as he shoots that ball the way it curves into the back of the net oh it was beautiful just beautiful um this game was looking like it was going to go into halftime, nil-nil, looking like it was going to be a one-goal game, and it was. I don't think people were really expecting it around the 44th minute. I don't think anyone was really expecting Thorgan Hazard to shoot an absolute bomb like that, but it happened. He made it, and he's the hero of this game, also the man of the match. Uh, man, um, there's not much else to say. Ronaldo couldn't get it done. He had... Couple opportunities. Diego Jota, personal favorite of mine, Liverpool. Uh, just couldn't get it done either. He couldn't finish, couldn't score, and it was just unlucky. Unlucky from uh, from Jota. People were commenting Jao Felix, uh, not worth that huge transfer fee Atletico Madrid paid for him. I'm going to be honest, it's a bit harsh. He's still young, but. Some of the shots he was taking at the end of that game when they really needed a precise cross into the box, maybe a nice header, just something. A lot of his, he was shooting a lot. They were going over the goal to the sides of the goal. I mean, if I'm if I'm Ronaldo, you know, you got to take control. He's got to really take control of that game. And I didn't see enough of Ronaldo on the ball in the final minutes of that game. I was kind of thinking, I mean, get this man on the ball. You know, you have. I mean, everyone's going to say one of the greatest of all time. Some say the greatest of all time player on your pit on the pitch and on your team. And uh, I didn't. I wouldn't have said. I wouldn't have said he had enough of the ball. Obviously, he's not a midfielder. You know, Bruno Fernandez got a few crosses in there, but couldn't really get anything done. But still, you got to get the ball to Ronaldo, and that's where the magic will happen. However, it did not today. Now I'm going to talk about some of the transfer rumors from. The past week or so, PSG have pretty much dominated this transfer window with just signings. Uh, obviously, they signed Jenny Wijnaldum, ex-Liverpool midfielder. I think that was a great signing. Free transfer, 
I mean, it was kind of known for a while. He'd be a free transfer. Wasn't really getting the money he was looking for at Liverpool. But I think PSG swiping him from out from underneath uh, Barcelona's nose was quite uh, quite resourceful. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, he will contribute what PSG expected him to. I definitely think he will, especially the amount of, I've watched him as a Liverpool fan. I think he will he will do great for them. He's just a workhorse. He does the dirty work in midfield and uh, really connects to defense and uh, attack very well. And I think that will work very well when you've got guys like Neymar, Mbappe, Di Maria. I think, and one of the guys I'm about to mention, when you have these guys on your team, guys that can run onto the ball very well, very fast, and just have absolute skill. I think I think uh, I think Jenny will try will thrive there. Um, but now I'm going to talk about Donnarumma. Um, wow, uh, just being able to get because you know Jenny's case, he's getting older. His this would probably this contract is probably going to be his last like really big one, uh, which is understandable why Liverpool decided not to, to do it. Donnarumma is 22 years old and he is a a really good goalkeeper and we'll see if he's successful outside of uh syria but i really think ac milan will regret it to an extent i know he was asking for 10 million a year it's a lot of money but i mean if you're going to give 10 million a year to someone i feel like it's you know a young goalkeeper it could be a good idea but i understand you know they uh they know what they they know what they're doing there uh they're you know they're, they're they know exactly what they're doing there psg however i'm quite interested to see and obviously this is not official yet psg have not announced uh they announced the Ginny uh rumor but then these other two rumors they have not announced but fabrizio romano is where i go for my you know hard set uh as close as you can get to facts in rumor format uh and i can i can tell you right now donnarumma is PSG's goalkeeper. Um, I wonder what's going to happen with Kaylor Navas. Uh, he did very well for them, especially in Champions League uh, against uh, Man City. He just and against Bayern. Bayern was was where he had great performances. Man City. People might not think he did well. I think PSG collapsed more defense and midfield than Kaylor Navas. You know, there's only so much you can do as a goalkeeper when. You got guys like De Bruyne just exploiting the defense in midfield. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like Donnarumma is probably going to be your guy, that starting man. But who knows? Maybe it's going to be a competition. I mean, he, he probably came in there with the being told that he is the starting goalkeeper. So And Kaylor Navas, as we know, just signed a, an extension. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there if they sell him, if you know he's okay with taking a backup mentor role. We'll see what happens there. But the final PSG rumor I have for you guys, Atraf Hakimi. This is rumored, confirmed. Done deal. 70, 71 million goes to Inter. That's money they very much need as, you know, COVID has hurt them financially, even though they just won Syria. They they don't they don't have the money to keep all these these really good players. And although Hakimi's a a guy that you would, you know, he's 23, very good, that you would want to keep. They just flipped him. A year ago, he, got, he cost 30 million from Real Madrid. 
Now they're selling him for 70, 71 million, more than double what they paid for him. It's a good investment if you ask me, and hopefully it will allow them to keep other guys that they maybe wanted to keep more, like uh, Barella, Lukaku, Latoro Martinez, although, you know, rumor is he could be signed somewhere. So I think it's really, you know, a win-win. PSG get uh, someone who could honestly, you know, really work for them and be one of their better players. And Inter Milan, they get the money they needed to help pay for their wages and stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Other confirmed Memphis Depay to Barcelona. I think I think Barcelona could definitely win La Liga this year. Um, you know, they really they really needed another guy who's going to really score goals. You know, Griezmann hasn't been exactly what they had hoped. He's been he's been a uh, okay. Messi, Depe, I think it'll be a great matchup. Uh, he's he's performed very well in the Euros. Obviously, he's out now. He'll have time to train and get ready for the season. Uh, I think that'll be definitely a team to watch. Uh, and, you know, he's with Deong, so I think he'll settle in nicely there. Uh, that's really it for transfer rumors. Man City have reportedly made bids for Jack Grealish and Harry Kane. Spurs are saying they don't want to sell Harry Kane. I think Aston Villa will definitely let go of Jack Grealish for the right price. But Harry Kane will be interesting because they've gotten a bid. It's been a lot of money. Will they accept? I, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Uh, but if they do, I you know, as a Liverpool fan, I'm honestly I'm a little worried. If uh, if we don't put up the money and get get someone, or it doesn't even have to be Mbappe, it just has to be some guys, then I really don't see how teams are going to be able to defend against the the sheer powerhouse that is Man City offensively, defensively. I mean, it's going to be insane if they get Harry Kane and Jack Relish, or even if they just get one of one of them. It'll just be a very, very uh, tough game for any team, regardless of whether Man United gets Sancho, regardless of whether Chelsea get Holland. It'll just be a very tough game. But what we have to look forward to for the next two days is Croatia versus Spain. I'm going to go with my pick is currently it was Croatia. But uh, after some COVID problems, I'm going to now say Spain will win this game. That's my prediction. I think Spain will really just get past Croatia. And I don't know if I see them going much further beyond the round of eight. But... We'll see. We'll see. And then we also have to look forward to France v. Switzerland. I think Switzerland could shock. I'm I'm going France. I think it's always possible. Switzerland have a few tricks up their sleeve, but France didn't have the, the best group stage, you know? People really thought it was just going to be domination, domination, domination. But, you know, they could have done better in the group stage. So it would be interesting. I th- my, my pick is France. France are going to beat Switzerland, in my opinion. But we'll see. That should be an interesting game. And then, and then uh, on June 29th, we have England v. Germany. This is the game. Uh, Portugal versus Belgium and England versus Germany. Those, I think, are the two big-time matchups that you got to tune in for because these games could go either way. It just depends who, who comes out 
the better team, or it could even depend who just scores a wonder goal, Thorgan Hazard. We get another goal like that. It could be a one goal game. It could it could seal the seal the the deal. Just one goal. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, it won't because I already know the answer to this. Harry Kane will probably be starting. Uh, it's kind of hard to not start Harry Kane, regardless of him not really being there much in the group stage. Didn't really produce much. It's been Raheem Sterling the whole way. England have yet to concede any goals. They weren't in the hardest group, but. You know, they, they were faced some decent teams. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Is, is Harry Kane going to show up amid the rumors of his 100 million transfer bids? I, I don't know. We'll see if Harry Kane... I mean, Man City aren't really worried about that. They, they know what he can do in Premier League. Most goals, most assists. I, I, think, I think that'll go through regardless, but we'll see. And then the second matchup... That day is Sweden versus Ukraine. I th- I personally am picking Sweden to win that game, but we shall see on the next episode. I want to thank you all for joining me. It has been a fun first episode. Tweet at me if you want to discuss something from the episode. You just want to tell me what to discuss the next episode, or you just have something to critique if something wasn't right about this podcast. Just let me know. You know, I'm figuring this out as we go along and uh yeah just tweet at me or dm me on twitter at i-e-s-t-y-n-f-i-t-z-p-a-t-r-2 mosala is my icon picture sorry if you do not like that but it's it's staying there anyways thank you for joining me i'm yestin fitzpatrick and i'll see you next time